Welcome to the January 3rd, 2019 edition of the BitcoinNews.com Daily Podcast, where we cover the biggest stories of Bitcoin, blockchain, and cryptocurrency every single day, combined with a deep dive, in-depth market analysis to get your day started. This is your host, Space Marine, live from space. So Bitcoin's at 3780 right now on Bitstamp, and it seems like the CME, Chicago Mercantile Exchange, Bitcoin future traders are in control right now. It's too much of a coincidence that Bitcoin rose up to like 3900 on January 2nd, but could not break through that level because that's the same level that the CME traders probably took out their short positions on December 20th and December 29th after the contracts expired. So before the contracts expired, there was a big drop in Bitcoin's price, a huge red candle. I mean, it wasn't like tremendous, but it was like from 3800 down to like 3550 And that was right before the contracts expired, and that's called banging the close. That's firm evidence that they can manipulate the market and make the price crash to increase their short sell profits. Because if they short sell at the beginning of the month and then crash the price right when the contracts are about to settle and expire, then they get more money, and that's what they did. And then, the, and then boom, there was a nice bounce. It almost seemed very optimistic. Like right after the contracts expired, Bitcoin's price bounced from 3,600 to like all the way up to 4,000 actually. But then it quickly settled down at 3,900 for the second half of the day on the December 28th, 2018, and into the 29th. And right at that level, right at that time, right after the contracts expired, that's probably where the CME Bitcoin futures traders took out their next short positions. It's on. It was uncertain at the time if they were going to go long because it seemed like Bitcoin's price was very low. It was a lot lower than that $5,800 level that Bitcoin was so comfortable at earlier in 2018. And also the stock market's not doing good. So I thought maybe it would go long for the month and I said that. But it seems like they just set it on short because there's been about a couple times where it tested that level. On uh, December 30th, it tried to rise. Like there was a rally that started. It approached 3900 and then it got beat back. And Bitcoin declined to like 3700 a little below that right on New Year's Eve and into New Year's Day. On New Year's Day, Bitcoin rallied again, though, to like 3850, and then it started rallying some more. So the stock market was doing really bad, like the indicators were bad on uh, January 2nd, January 3rd. Like yesterday, big stock crash. So this is like the major story for the market of the day. Like the stocks really crashed. And there's a theory out there, and it's probably accurate, that Bitcoin's used as a safe haven when stocks are crashing. Like, gold and silver is definitely being used as a safe haven right now. Uh, For example, the gold price was like $1,200 for most of 2018, and now it's like $1,300. The silver price was $15 for most of 2018, and now it's $16 after the markets crashed a bit. So gold and silver are responding in the way they should, maybe not as violently as they should. Like there is futures markets for gold and silver that suppress the price, but it's a big safe haven asset. It's a $10 trillion market for gold alone. I'm not sure how much the silver is. And people take their money into it when the markets are crashing. So that was observed yesterday. It spiked a lot for gold and silver, but Bitcoin did not. Bitcoin did not go up. So Bitcoin tried to rise to 3,900 on January 2nd, and then by the time January 3rd rolled around, by the way, the show's on the very early morning of the 4th, but not much has changed between the 3rd and the 4th. So on the 3rd, uh, Bitcoin dropped from 3,850 to like 3,750, and it's kind of sitting right around there right now. Uh, It's bouncing around this level. It's not a very good look. 
Because let me just talk about how bad the stock market did. So the stock market did really bad. If anything's a safe haven, it would have went up yesterday. Like gold and silver definitely went up. People dumped their money into um, treasuries too. The treasury bond rates and a bond is kind of like you buy dollars from the Federal Reserve or whatever government you want to. But it's usually the Federal Reserve. Like the U United States dollars bonds are the most popular safe haven probably. So, so many people are buying them that the rates have gone down like crazy. The rate's actually below the Fed funds rate. We talked about that on one of the shows. Um, so yeah, the rates for bonds have crashed because people are buying up bonds to keep their money safe. They're buying up gold and silver. And maybe they're buying Bitcoin. But it seems like the CME Bitcoin futures traders are overwhelming the effect of Bitcoin being a safe haven because they shorted from the $3,900 position and they do not want to let Bitcoin go above that. So even on the best day... Uh, where stocks are just like totally crashing and people might be buying Bitcoin. The CME traders, I'm not exactly sure how they do it, but it's well known that Globex, which is what the CME Bitcoin futures runs through, have very strong control of underlying assets with their future markets. Like on the gold market, they control the price. Uh, the only reason gold went up is not only is it a safe haven, but also because the Globex traders were like, okay, we need gold to be like increasing in price and be a safe haven. But, you know, I don't want to get too speculative here or paranoid. But they're not as favorable towards Bitcoin as they are to gold. Gold is like thousands of years old. It's like the original currency practically of the world. And they're not trying to trash it. Like gold is gold. It's like, you know, God created it. It's in the ground and it's not Bitcoin. They're, like there's a lot of negative sentiment towards Bitcoin. And when the CME Bitcoin futures launched, the person that was in charge of CME said, we're going to tame Bitcoin. He never said that about gold. So there's just like a negative look at Bitcoin. So they've been shorting it like almost every month. Like the first month that like Bitcoin futures launched, they could have went long and it would have went up. Instead, they went short really hard and Bitcoin crashed from 20,000 to like 10,000 in the first month that the futures launched. The day the futures launched on December 17, 2017 is the day Bitcoin began to crash. All right, so now wrapping back into what's going on today. So the Dow Jones went down like 660 points on January 2nd. Uh... Apple stock went down 10%. They found out their iPhones are not selling that good anymore. Like, they tried to, they shipped a bunch to China or made a bunch there, and they weren't able to sell them. And then global manufacturing numbers have totally crashed to the worst level seen since the Great Recession of 2008. In fact, the economic conditions right now are very similar to the conditions during the time that Satoshi Nakamoto created Bitcoin. He created Bitcoin probably because he wanted to save the world from the horrible fiat system where they're printing money to save corporations and banks during an economic crisis. Well, we're literally faced with the same thing happening right now, possibly. If the conditions get a little worse, like there's already been some obvious quantitative easing, QE, printing of money in various different ways. They don't actually have to print on the printing press to like give money to the corporations and banks and stocks. There's other methods, and we're not going to go too deep into that right now. But, uh, you know, if the stock market keeps going down, like it was down, it's down below 23,000, it was as high as 27,000. So it's crashed like a good... 4,000 points over that now. But anyway, so the stocks were down yesterday and really whipped hard. But today, they're up. Uh, the Dow futures are up 300. So the market hasn't opened yet. They're not opening for like two hours. This is in the early morning of the 4th. But the stock market's looking to go up today. And uh, that's probably already impacting the Bitcoin market, making the price a little lower. Because there is a connection now. Because Bitcoin is a safe haven asset, regardless of the CME manipulating and suppressing the price to gain money from short selling or long selling. And they've chose short selling this month, which is bad news. Uh, there is definitely people buying Bitcoin because the stocks are doing so poorly that they're like, you know, they still want to be buying assets and making their portfolio better. So that right now would be a good time to buy Bitcoin. Because the Bitcoin is not like having these horrible economic indicators like 
uh, the stock market and the global macro economy is happening. There's really bad things going on with the manufacturing and the jobs and all that and the house prices. Everything's crashing. So Bitcoin doesn't have that problem. It's kind of like a robotic, independent, decentralized uh, asset. It's a currency. And uh, so, so there is an effect. Even like, let's say what I'm trying to say is that, yes, the stocks crashed really bad yesterday and Bitcoin didn't go up. But if the stocks go up today... Bitcoin's probably going to go down, and I will not be shocked if Bitcoin retests that $3,100 level or even worse um, that we saw in the middle of December 2018. Like, if the stocks rally at all, it'll go down, and then, you know, maybe once Bitcoin's price is far below that $3,900 level, like, let's say it's at, like, $3,500, and then the stocks crash on that day later this month, then Bitcoin might go up. But I don't think it's going to be able to get past $3,900 for the month of January. It might even be good if it goes down to like 3000 because then maybe the CME traders would go long for a month. And there's been a two or three months in the past since the Bitcoin futures launch where they've gone long and Bitcoin's price has gone up during the contract period. And by the way, like I'm really serious about this. Um, they have decided to go long for like two or three months, like separate months. And then Bitcoin will rise during that whole contract period for the whole month. And then right when the contract ends, it starts crashing. So like they have real strong control of which way Bitcoin's market moves. And it's not surprising, let's put this in perspective, this is not a conspiracy theory. The gold market is well known to be controlled by the futures on Globex, and it's like a $10 trillion market. Bitcoin is a $67 billion market right now. Uh, it's so easy to control for these people on Globex, like they know how to control an underlying asset, and Bitcoin is just too easily manipulatable. The real story here is that the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, the CFTC, should have never have approved Globex Bitcoin futures. Bitcoin was not ready for it. It had to be like a at least a ten trillion or more dollar asset to handle it, and now it's just become like shooting fish in a barrel for people that are involved in uh, the coronation of short selling and long selling. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. They're like, okay, this month Bitcoin goes down, we short. This month Bitcoin goes up, we go long. That they're really doing that. I mean, there's a lot more to it. It's some serious work because they're making some serious money, but they got control, and it's kind of sad. But at the same time. Bitcoin's price is more predictable now than it ever has been before. Before, Bitcoin's price was very hard to predict. It would sound crazy for me to be talking like this in the past, but now that we have Bitcoin futures kind of controlling the price, it's easy to predict. As for the rest of the crypto market, well, wherever Bitcoin goes, the rest of the crypto market tends to follow. And because Bitcoin went down yesterday, it dropped off that $3,900 level to below 3800 the other cryptocurrencies mostly went down. Ethereum's kind of holding its own, and I'm really impressed with Ethereum. It has a $1.2 billion lead over Ripple now. I'm happy to see that. And I hope Ethereum survives the fork and continues that, because there's this Constantinople hard fork coming up in, like, 10 days now. Something like that, less than that. So there's going to be, like, some serious stuff going on in the Ethereum market. It's either going to rally... It'll probably rally a lot pre-fork, because there's speculation of all the new features coming to Ethereum... And there's speculation about they're slashing the inflation rate from 3 Ether to 2 Ether per block. That's really bad for the miners, though. So everything looks good for the investors and developers, but that doesn't really factor in the effects of the miners, which could be big. The miners are often the most uh, loud, the members of the community that have, like, the biggest voice. And they might get really, ten like, filled with tension and stress. And they might like, make that known to the world. There's still a small chance, but I'm not seeing any signs yet, but then again, I haven't looked so hard, of like another version of Ethereum uh, forming, like a one that's favorable for miners. The worst case scenario is another version of Ethereum will form, it'll be kind of like a Bitcoin Cash versus Bitcoin SV war. 
sort of thing. By the way, the same thing was observed when before the fork, the price rallied like a lot. Uh, there was a lot of positive speculation and hype. And then the fork happened and the whole community was fighting and the, the prices crashed. So Bitcoin Cash went up over $600 before their fork in November. And right now they're at 160 And then we have Bitcoin SV at $88. It's not doing that good. The one that caused the war, basically. The one that disagreed with their community. So we'll see what happens with Ethereum. I think at the least there's going to be like a lot of tension between the miners and like the rest of the community. At the worst, you know, there'll be a fork. Uh, it might be about the same either way. All right. So how about the rest of the market? Well, EOS is down a little bit. It's a $2.4 billion market cap. Not as bad as it was when it was at a $1.5 billion market cap. Uh, I haven't been seeing any major news come out about EOS. Nothing like major about the DApps being developed, but it's there. It was the largest ICO in history, and it's sticking around in the top five. It's at number five for market cap. Uh, Stellar is doing about the same as uh, Ripple. In fact, they have very similar market movements. It's just Ripple has like seven times more of a market cap than uh, Stellar. And they have very similar premises. Jed McCallum kind of created both of them. Like he was a co-founder of both of them at least. And his flavor and his ideas like went into both of them. And they're kind of similar. They have similar technology. All right, Litecoin's at $32. I don't think it's changed much. And Bitcoin's price hasn't changed much either since the last show, I believe. I think during the last show, maybe Bitcoin was like $50 higher than it is now. So the whole crypto market's about the same as the last show. It's because now we have that new data and on how the stocks can really crash and have a bad day. And Bitcoin won't go past 3900 That's the big deal. It's not saying that, hey, Bitcoin's never going to go up when stocks crash. It's just Bitcoin has to be way below 3900 this month for it to go up on a day like when stocks crash. Back to the rest of the market analysis. Uh, basically, everything's kind of like in the red, but only slightly. Monero's at $50. IOTA is at just over $1 billion market cap. It's kind of fluctuating below and above $1 billion market cap. Dash is at $81. Like I said, everything's a little down. And then we I always look at Dogecoin. Dogecoin's not doing good today. It's having a crash today. Down 4%. Such sad. Much loss. Dogecoin will survive low. It's at $270 million market cap. It was only like $250 million for a while. I remember in like the past month. Alright, so I have one interesting story today. Uh, Mike Novogratz, he launched this uh, kind of like a hedge fund for cryptocurrency called Galaxy Digital. It's dollar G-L-X-Y, dollar galaxy. That's like the ticker symbol. I like it. Well, due to the overall crypto market crash, any of the crypto hedge funds have been doing bad, and Galaxy Digital is doing real bad. Like, So it, it's one of the only ones that launched publicly. It had an IPO on the Toronto Stock Exchange, the TSX, and... It was exciting when it happened, but it's never been good since it happened. So when it when the launch happened at the IPO, it was $3.03 per share of Galaxy Digital. And it has declined all the way down to like as low as $0.90 cents in late November. And then it was fiddling, puddling, whatever, muddling around. And it went down to $0.94 cents in late December right before New Year's. And then uh, this is actually quite close to like the level where they could decide to, like, delist it. Like, it was almost going to be delisted. So Mike Novogratz bought 7.5 million shares of Galaxy, his own company, and now he holds 80% of the shares of Galaxy, and he's holding them. So that makes, like, a very limited supply of shares actually being traded, and yet it's still near the threshold being delisted. I mean, it popped up. It's up, like, 36% since he did this move. Uh, his move, like, made the stock rise. That was most of the rise, him just buying it. Plus, like, there was some speculation that, hey... Uh, 
you know, he's buying it up. That's good. But now it's actually gone down a bit. It was it went up to like a dollar forty per share, which is like above the level. You know, it was safe from de being delisted, but it's already crashed down to a dollar thirty-two, uh, down like six percent or so in like a day. So like just because he has eighty percent of the shares and there's barely any shares left to sell for anyone else, there's like twenty percent left in the whole world out of all the shares. Uh, people are still selling them and dumping them. So. Yeah, that's basically... The biggest story from this isn't really exactly what's going on with Galaxy Digital. It's that, like, crypto hedge funds, which depended on getting investors to buy cryptocurrency and then making all sorts of different moves with cryptocurrency. And then some of them are like, okay, I'm going to be really unique. I'm going to, like, buy, um, you know, blockchain companies. I'm going to invest in crypto and blockchain companies. And, and then the whole crypto and blockchain company uh, space for, like, new companies and launching companies kind of got ruined because initial coin offerings are illegal in the United States. And that kind of makes it illegal everywhere because um, there's a majority, like, it's not, maybe, I don't have the exact stats, but there's a tremendous amount of crypto users in the United States. So if someone launches, like, an ICO in the middle of the Indian Ocean or something, they probably still will end up selling to someone in the United States, and that makes it illegal. So it's a very big pickle that ICOs are illegal in the United States. So all these new companies, like, a lot of the new ones are getting retroactively in trouble, or at least they're scared of that. Like... Theoretically, any ICOs that happened ever in history can be sued by the SEC. Just because uh, they announced in, like, 2017 that ICOs are securities. Uh, like, let's say you you did your ICO before that. It doesn't make them exempt. Because anything that's a security can be regulated as a security. And, yeah, so there's, like, danger going on there. So, like, these crypto hedge funds might have invested in, like, ICOs... Or, like, actually giving money to new companies. And then the whole space, like, has been crashing really bad. Like, a lot of the people kept their money in Bitcoin and Ether. Uh, their business funds and, like, their companies are, like, they were doing good work. And uh, doing everything right and working hard and then working harder. But, like, it doesn't, they were losing all their money because of Bitcoin and Ether going down. And then plus ICOs are illegal, so they can't just do an ICO. Like, in the past... Even if the market was going down, I guess, like, they probably just, like, do an ICO and get some money that they need. But now it's not even possible. So, yeah, Galaxy Digital, uh, the CEO of it, Mike Novogratz, owns 80% of the shares and it's still going down. And this is just kind of what's going on with all the crypto hedge funds. I don't expect any IPOs for crypto hedge funds until after the bottom. And it could take some time to bottom just to put things in perspective. I was around during that big bear market in 2014, 2015, 2016. And yeah, like, bear markets last a while. They don't, like, it's only been one year. This bear market has been going on for one year. We're probably not even truly at the bottom yet. It takes a little over a year, especially in these circumstances where we had CME launch their futures, which hurts the market. And then all the ICOs become illegal. Like, the bottom probably is going to take at least the first half of 2019 to register. It doesn't mean it's going to go down that much more, but it's not going to be, like, quite that stable or going up much. That's what I think. And it takes about two or three years to get out of a bear market. It doesn't just happen in one year for crypto. That's what I think based on my experience, based on the data, based on what I lived through. Alright, but things are looking up though. It, Bitcoin's still working perfectly. It's electronic peer-to-peer -peer decentralized money and it's just turned 10 years old. It started with barely anyone knowing about it besides like a few computer nerds. Literally that was it. Like a couple or like a few computer nerds in the entire world were running it. Now it's a global sensation. Like, there's tons of cryptocurrency exchanges, uh, tons of different types of wallets. There's tons of Bitcoin ATMs. Lots of stores are accepting it. Lots of online shops are accepting it. In fact, almost all of them. 
it's become a true global currency within 10 years. And now it's like such a serious uh, asset that, you know, the stock traders are considering it all the time. And there's and they even put futures markets. I mean, that was like kind of like it was taken as a compliment that it deserves a Globex futures market. It got that big and it is that big. All right, so that's all we have for you today on the January 3rd, 2019 edition of the BitcoinNews.com Daily Podcast. Come back tomorrow for another deep dive market analysis and the most intriguing stories in Bitcoin, blockchain, and currency. And you can go to BitcoinNews.com 24-7 for those sort of stories, too. Uh, This is your host, Space Marine, signing out, going back to space.